For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, it's Jackie Worm Times Zabrowski. She's made of worms. Here to invite you to the Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser live show in January. We're going to be in Chicago. We're going to be in Pontiac. We're going to be in Milwaukee. So come out and visit us. You can go to lastpodcastnetwork.com slash p7live to get tickets. I think you might like it. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? You know what? A lot of people said in last last decade, (laughs) when the last episode came out, you remember that? Wow. Yeah, I remember (laughs) that. Last decade when we put out the last episode. Uh, we probably should have said something about being like a gold star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah, with the carrots. <laughs> it seems to be that the carrot, the carrots again, Kissel. Even you are more stuck on 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 the CFs more than anything. Where it seems to be that's actually surprisingly kind of normal. Really? People put vegetables in their pussies and their assholes every day. Yeah, I guess every day, definitely. Well, you got to put them in the freezer first. <laughs> But the part that's the really scary stuff is the stuff that we're going to especially get into this episode. So I would maybe say this is a gold star territory episode. We're going to get deep into it. And I think that it's very appropriate for the first episode of the Roaring Twenties. All right. Hey, everyone. How you doing? This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben staring at Marcus Parks. Always staring. Always looking. <laughs> and then we have Henry Zabrowski in Los Angeles. Feeling tighter than ever? Yep. And by tighter, I mean hammered. Absolutely. <laughs> I just gonna... I almost did it because in the studio refrigerator we have White Claws. Uh-huh. Like we have a, a little stash of White Claws. Jackie keeps them. I honestly I've been known I've been known to indulge in AWC Cla- here and there. Claw mm-hmm. is the law. I know that. Sometimes it's fun to pop one in and then just kind of see if it affects your driving. Well, it does. It's alcohol. <laughs> um, but you know, this this podcast has really ruined your brain, Marcus. I mean, what what do you mean? Because over the holiday season, I gave a nice amount of money to a man in need, a homeless man. <laughs> oh, Ben Kissel's such a good man. Good man. Has to let everybody know that he's been a good man. No, no, no. What I didn't say good. how much I gave him. Altruistic. You told us how much you gave him. Yes, because I needed to feel. I needed someone to be grateful for me. That's why I did it. I paid. I invested in him to say, thank you, sir. You've just made my dreams come true. And I said, ah, yeah, I did. Jesus Christ. What are you, Ed Buck? (laughs) (laughs) 
But then Marcus <laughs> says, after I did something very nice to someone, he said, oh, yeah, that's how Bob Berdella started. It's just a matter of time before you put a carrot in his ass. I and I am just going to say this, Mr. Parks. You can be good without expecting that at some point you're going to put a vegetable in a person's butthole. You are truncating and taking my comments out of context. <laughs> this is ad hominem. I, is that? Is it? No, it's but not. But I'm saying that you can. I mean, it just depends if you gave him the money and then say, all right, now gape it. <laughs> I did. This is re- this is the text was, I said, I just gave a homeless man $100 and his gratefulness filled my entire void left in my heart. Uh-huh. And then you said, also helping the less fortunate strangers is how Bob Bordella got started. And then I said, yeah, but I didn't put a carrot in his ass. And then you said, Yet. Yeah, you were the one that brought up the carrot in the ass, not me. You did. <laughs> wow, you are literally, your whole argument's falling apart. Okay, guys. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. <laughs> All right, Bob Berdella part two. So when we last left Bob Berdella, he'd just committed his third murder in less than a year, and his techniques of torture were getting progressively more brutal, as is evidenced by both Berdella's notes and the hundreds of Polaroids found in his home. Now, when cops started going through Berdella's things after his arrest, they thought they'd found an audio tape of Berdella torturing one of his victims. Oof. And it seemed like a pretty good bet that that's what they had. The tape appeared to be of movement back and forth on a bed, along with someone screaming threats like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> motherfucker. you, motherfucker. I got you now. I got you. And so on and so forth. And to the cops, this sounded exactly like something a torture killer would say during a murder. Okay. But when Berdella was confronted with the tape... He told investigators that this was actually a tape of Philip Bukovic masturbating on the third floor because roommate Phil liked to yell at his dick while he jerked off. Whoa. This is one of my favorite details I've heard about. Number one, way to throw your roommate under the bus. No, no kidding. <laughs> that your roommate. This is, I mean, then it's like, obviously this whole time, Bob has been the more difficult roommate. <laughs> Philip's trying to just get through his shit, you know? Like, maybe his he got mad because, like, you know, his Postmates g- guy yelled at him. You know, he's got to deal with stuff. But right now, Philip's kind of tipping the scales. <laughs> That's really interesting indeed. I do think there is there's a masturbation rule when it comes to roommates. Yeah. You got to turn the other cheek. You, you got to look away. But this tape was made because Bob had set up a secret microphone in the air duct that was going into Phil's room. So he was recording it secretly, but Phil was also screaming at his dick for <laughs> at least 10 minutes every time he jerked off. <laughs> Got you, motherfucker! Got you, motherfucker! You're right here. You're my prisoner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't. Uh, yeah, I can mess with the top. Ooh, you bitch. I'm calling you my little bitch. But at the same time, for me, if I was masturbating, I like saying more encouraging things. You know, like, <laughs> you got it, buddy. Yeah, look sure. how big and grand you are. Well, I don't, oh, I don't... just like father made, just like father wanted to make with all the seed down crammed in his police balls. <laughs> I don't talk to my dick. It doesn't have ears. There's no point. You ever try to glue little ears to it? No, <laughs> it's not like, it's not baby Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? All right, you just imagine. Can we please get on to something less disgusting, which is Bob Berdella? Well, the thing was, after listening to the tape a little more closely, the cops decided that on this point, Berdella was actually telling the truth. 
It really yeah. was a secretly recorded tape of a guy named Phil jerking off while screaming threats at his own penis. We would be here until 2022 if we tried to psychologically unpack what the hell that means. <laughs> Somebody having fun. Two consenting adults. You're a consenting adult with yourself who is another consenting adult, and you can abuse your penis as much as you want. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Bob Berdella's neighbors didn't know about any of the weird shit that was going on in the house because Bob's neighborhood was the one place where he actually had a fairly good reputation. Hmm. He was known to be a bit sullen at times, but for the most part, Bob on Charlotte Street was nice enough, if just a little bit odd. All that changed once the killing began. Ah, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, the Bob who would smile and wave could barely make eye contact. It seemed like the only thing on Berdella's mind was murder. And on, yes. <laughs> and on September 26, 1985, he did it again. This time, he killed a guy named James Ferris. Now, Ferris was a running buddy of a guy named George Shaw. Hmm. These two dudes had previously dealt with Berdella in buying a bottle of animal tranquilizer for 35 bucks. But after they tried shooting it up and found it was no good, they went back and traded it for a little weed. Is this that common of a drug that people were using in the 80s, animal trank? Yes, because it's easier to get than human trank. Like, a lot of the times you could go, like, that's, they're good with animals, but I think a lot of times they have a pretty low price. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not going to attack all the vet listeners that we have <laughs> no, on the show. we love that. But I'm certain if somebody offered you some money, you could give them some ketamine a little bit, because what are you going to do? Unless, I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, you know, it just depends on the vet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ketamine's horse tranquilizer, right? Ketamine is, I guess... It's something that makes you feel sleepy deepy down in your toesy woesies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Either way, I say don't do it. Don't. <laughs> Good work. It really puts a pause, P-A-W-S, on your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that, these guys were in and out of Bob's place for weeks, showing up drunk and wanting to stay over. See, Ferris and Shaw were drifters, especially Ferris, whose wife had just kicked him out of the house after he sold all their furniture for drug money. Ah, It's a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation to have. (laughs) I don't know how many times Natalie comes home, the whole dining room table's missing, and I'm just sitting there. I was like, I had to get Advil. Right. (laughs) It's difficult in 2020. I believe it. And Ferris had pissed off Bob by trying to involve him in a drug sting in order to get Shaw out of a hash wrap in Independence, Missouri. This is a Kansas City situation. <laughs> yeah, dude, have you ever been in a, you ever been in a hash wrap in Indy, Mosa? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's All fucking the- hard out there, bro. <laughs> the final straw, though, came when Bob deemed Ferris to be, in his estimation, annoying. Bob said he was annoying. Bob said Ferris was annoying. He is just, he has got me up in a tizzy. Because my whole thing is, watch whatever you want on your TV, but wear headphones. This is like the pot calling the ketamine black. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So, when James Ferris showed up at Bob's place again, looking for a place to stay in late September, Bob crushed up a bunch of Valium and dropped them into his homemade chili and started the process anew. Ugh, when you say homemade chili, I I think liquid shit. Homemade chili. Homemade chili. <laughs> I will never, if you ever give me anything that is homemade chili, I am never eating it. I make a pretty thick chili, and I do like it in, in, in both styles. You know what I mean? Brown and red. It sounds, again, liquid shit. <laughs> no, man, no. I To me, it's I'm fine with homemade chili. It's more like 
grandpa's chili, <laughs> Uncle Bud's chili. Well, that could be kind of fun. Besides the now routine actions of sodomizing his victim with vegetables and various other objects, Berdella began experimenting even more with electricity, using a spatula hooked up to a 7,700-volt transformer to shock Ferris's buttocks, shoulders, and testicles. Ugh. Each shock would last between two and five minutes. Jeez! And this continued, along with various sodomies, from 9 p.m. until 10.45 the next morning. Oh, my God. And that's when Bob had to be off to the flea market. He never missed work, though. No. He didn't. And I'm naming my first poetry collection, Various Sodomies. <laughs> Which I hope people enjoy. It's about every sodomy for a day of the week. (laughs) Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, like an advent calendar. It is just like an advent calendar (laughs) that makes some people come and makes some people go blah, which is my big tagline. Yep, there it is. So when Bob returned that afternoon, Ferris was running a high temperature. So Bob injected him with penicillin to keep him alive, wrote down the injection amount and time in his notes... And resumed the torture. Mm. This was just not good. None of this is going to plan. And I didn't even have a plan. I should have had a plan. <laughs> Mercifully, though, like with Bob's previous victim, the amount of tranquilizers needed to keep Ferris prostrate made sure he didn't last another night. Mm. And he died, presumably, of an overdose just hours into the second day. Now, it's at this point you might be asking yourself, how the fuck... Berdella is getting away with four people in his general vicinity suddenly going missing without anyone noticing. Especially since two of these men had at the very least slight beefs with Berdella. Right. After the disappearance of James Ferris, the cops did indeed start looking into the life of Bob Berdella because this investigation shared more than a few similarities with the disappearance of Bob's first victim, Jerry Howell. What the police found was story after story of Bob Berdella injecting young men with drugs and having sex with them afterward. And there were also rumors that Bob liked to chain up young men in his basement and torture them. There was also the testimony of Gene Shaw, who was a running buddy of James Ferris. Mm-hmm. He led investigators to Berdella's home after Ferris disappeared. But predictably, all the cops heard and saw was an icky homosexual party house. And the investigation stalled. Well, Sergeant, I have a theory. Phillips' dick did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, tell me, have you seen Icky Homosexual Party House too? <laughs> it's the way they kind of continue the canon of Icky Homosexual Party House one is pretty impressive, and I got it's incredible to bring back old characters, some yep. of your favorites, and there's some new characters in there, They're like really Gamja, yeah. the guy that's the human cum bucket at the very bottom of the pile. He was so cute and so. Yep. Fun. Yeah, well, it's amazing they were able to raise all that money for the orphanage, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was that they did save the orphanage. And then all those boys died anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what happened a lot in the 80s. You know, when cops would try well, investigating. I mean, it happened with John Wayne Gacy. It happened with Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Like, the cops would go, they would start investing in a cr- investigating a crime that was involving gay men, and they would just go, Whoa, no, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm okay, no. I'm good, I'm, I'm going home. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to get gay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it speaks to their own inner weird desires, right? Yeah. They have this idea that 
gay dudes do stuff so much more cryptic and dark and fucked up than that you could possibly imagine. They reflect it. They're like, well, that's a house of homosexuals. All they do is spread assholes in there. All they do is try to figure out how many pieces of furniture they can have sex with. But you're like, no, you're saying that that's kind of what you're saying about yourself and what you view. You kind of hope happens in that house. Yeah. Because one day you wish that you just had the confidence to wear a sheer shirt. And go in, go into that house and experience all the human car wash that you think that's going on there. <laughs> but for the most part, people are very boring. Yeah, the thi- dude. If you ever read like Focus on the Family uh, pamphlets that my parents used to always get mm-hmm. or Seven Hundred Club, they love talking about gay sex. They really they do. go into great detail, fantasies. They love it. It was like that the guy that we talked about all the time. He the eat the poo poo guy. The where he's like obsessed with the idea that the that the gay dudes should poop into each other's mouths and they eat the poo poo like the ice cream. <laughs> and he talks about how they eat the. Or it's being like, man, you thought that up. Most homosexual men or and women, they're at Home Depot. Looking at faucets and shit, it's incredibly bone-shatteringly boring yep. what they're doing. What's the exact same thing we're doing? There's no difference. Yeah. No, I eat, I eat the poopo. You don't eat the poopo. You guys aren't doing <laughs> that. Something. You haven't found love. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Natalie won't let me eat the poopo because she said it's a five-year anniversary thing. Oh, that's nice. Now, admittedly, the cops did put a surveillance team on Bob, and investigators were given a standing order to, quote, fuck with Bob Berdella whenever possible, but no real investigation was ever done during this time. What do they mean, fuck with Bob Berdella? What does that even mean in police terms? Throw eggs at him when you see him on the street? What does that mean? Dude, it's easy to do. You go and you see if his car is parked too far away from the curb. Yeah. You go and see if he's got, like, you check his whole house for regulation problems. You could, there's so many ways a cop can ruin in your life if they choose to you know for a fact one officer was like i'll go undercover and he got way <laughs> into it. blowing guys in the bathroom and stuff you dyed your hair and you shaved your chest yeah <laughs> i'm deep undercover <laughs> well as a result of this investigation bob at the very least slowed down on his killing mm. Now, one of the people in the James Elroy documentary speculated that Bob never slowed down because conventional knowledge tells us that serial killers usually take victims with more regularity the longer they're active. And what- <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, it's true in a lot of cases. It's true in most cases, but there are exceptions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happened with Andre Chikatilo in Russia, and it happened with Bob Berdella. Namely, when an investigation gets too close, the killers take a break because they know if they keep killing, they're going to get caught. Mm Mm-hmm. But not to be too simplistic and disgusting about this, there are some serial killers that are more over, they are more quality over quantity when it comes to their experience and what they're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Look at somebody like uh, the dickhead BTK. They view each one of these, each one of their crimes as a art piece to themselves, like to this thing. And each one is very important and takes a huge amount of thought and energy for them to put this thing together. And it, they view them as these giant epic stories. Mm-hmm. Bob Rodella kind of viewed this the same way, where he viewed each one of these men as like a love story, like in, in a way, in a well, really fucked about, up way. What about something like the Golden State Killer? Who just stopped. Yeah, BTK did the same thing. Yeah, BTK also just stopped. But BTK was horny for the attention. He still needed it. Golden State Killer was just like, hope none of my aunts or uh, nephews go over and do a DNA test. <laughs> when they said the same thing on Michael Jackson when he stopped licking buttholes by the time he hit 50 is that his libido kind of dropped. 
that it does get to a point where you're not as ridiculously horny. And it's like, well, I, as a comedian, I'm ridiculously horny. But, you know, I, you know, I don't have to get it satisfied in, in terrible ways. Interesting. Sometimes I can have a nice hamburger and I'll, and I'll shoot a little bit. And that's nice. I get some of the devils out. But what you hope is that eventually the system slows down and you don't want to do it as much so you can get some of that mental energy back. If you could just see our faces staring at Henry as he just <laughs> sort of associated himself with Michael Jackson in a very bizarre way. Yeah. And no, then also as a comedian, s- eh? As a comedian, yeah, which really I'm doesn't make comedian. any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And then the way that you refer to your sperm as the devils. <laughs> yeah, they're, little devils. Very interesting. they're little devils, and if they get built up, they make you do bad things. You they gotta sound, come out. Are you Phil? <laughs> Phil? <laughs> Phil? Yeah, yeah, you're my little prisoner. You're attached to my pubes, you little dumb little pink little. Oh, I wish you were bigger. <laughs> Be bigger. Well, usually this break period that serial killers oftentimes take, it's what sinks the only defense most serial killers have, the insanity defense. Ah. Because they claim that they can't help themselves, that this is something inside them that's broken. They claim that they're schizophrenic. They claim they're borderline. They claim they're whatever. But the breaks tells both us and the jury that they can stop. Mm. They can always stop. They just don't fucking want to. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put 
photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. Yep. So on June 17th, 1986, about nine months after James Ferris was killed, Bob Berdella decided to kill again. This one's name was Todd Stoops. Stoops and his wife had stayed at Berdella's place in the past, but had moved out. And Stoops had moved on to high-risk sex work on the street. And just by chance, Berdella ran into Todd Stoops at Liberty Memorial Park and decided then and there that Stoops was going to be his next victim. So Berdella invited him back to his place for lunch and crushed up some tranquilizers in a peanut butter sandwich. Now, see, I'm a crunchy peanut butter guy. And this is a solid like attack on crunchy peanut butter. I which I, I understand. I, I understand some people don't like it. They don't like the texture. But this is that's very scary to think that someone can just put a bunch of crushed up pills and peanut butter. And you wouldn't even know. If, I love yeah. crunchy peanut butter. I do, too. OK. Wow. <laughs> Consensus. <laughs> wow. Now, the first just time get the I think three branches of government to work. As well. <laughs> wow. If we could only get this spirit yeah. up to Washington, D.C., uh, yeah. they can cross the aisle. <laughs> Well, Stoops soon passed out and would spend two agonizing weeks with Bob Berdella. Two weeks? Two weeks. Damn! Now, one of the things that Bob had noticed during the murder of James Ferris was that Ferris had a raspy voice. As a result, it was hard for him to scream loudly, which meant Ferris didn't need a gag. And since Berdella's victims kept dying from choking on vomit blocked by those gags... Bradella came up with a new solution. Just put on my thinking cap for a second. Another amateur scientist has cracked the case. (laughs) (laughs) To keep Todd Stoops from screaming, Bradella injected Drano into Stoops' neck to disable his voice box. 
After that, Berdella engaged in torture sessions with Stoops that would last up to 17 hours. Nonstop. And I kind of see him, because you know I was listening to recently was Judas Priest, and like Bob Berdella seems to me like a priest-like character. Mm-hmm. Like just him, like listening to Turbo Lover, like <laughs> as you're trying to sleep, and him like humping the air with a kiss the cook apron on. Man, that's got to be a lot. Bob Berdella liked synthesizer music, but we'll get into that later. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Aww, is that a bad <laughs> response? <laughs> well, Stoops suffered from possibly the most painful death of all. Pretty soon after Berdella captured Stoops, Bob fisted him and ruptured the internal wall of Stoops' anus. <laughs> An infection set in, and Stoops finally died after two weeks of fevers, belt whips, electric shocks, and continued sodomy. Jeez. Oh, God. Hey, can I ask a question? Because you actually did, you had a little bit more experience in the idea of like people that did more extreme sexual behavior from back in the day. Right. How does one train your butt to take the bigger objects? <laughs> I don't think I that don't... he was training it. Yeah. No, I... no, I'm not saying in you're this case. A... Oh, you're asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> you went to the Fleshbot Awards. <laughs> yeah, we went to the Fleshbot Awards. I gave the award once. to China. Yeah, but I thought that maybe you kind of heard it or, or read it in a book somewhere. I looked you, dog meat. You were so sheltered sexually. I, I'm just a <laughs> sweet boy. I'm just saying, I don't know how. I guess you just slowly work it up. Yeah, yeah, you you can't go all you in. You can do the crank. Yeah, <laughs> you can crank. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. Asking. Yeah, you can't go. I mean, Bob. He, of course. And he did it wrong, and he yeah, also, I mean, and he did it, he did it in order to hurt him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, of course. I'm just saying, I guess you just have to do it slowly. You know, for your homework this year, uh, for the year, go to Pornhub and search anal acrobats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, is this work? Is this, this research? Is, this is research. Yeah. Can I buy a Pornhub premium on the company card? Not on the company card, but you can use it as a tax write-off. Wow. <laughs> I would have given it to you. <laughs> Papa has spoken. Sorry, not on the company card. Well, Stoops' body was dismembered in the bathtub over the course of two nights oh. because Bob had to keep leaving to go to work and run errands. So no roommate? No roommate. Bill wasn't there? Okay. No roommate. Yeah, he never murdered when he had a roommate. Okay. It was only when he was alone in the house. And the butchered remains were stored in the basement until the garbage truck came on Monday morning. Jeez. Meanwhile, things were just getting fucking weirder over at Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. That's mm. Bob's flea market of, store. Of course. This is what Bob had inscribed on his business cards. The Dragon Nagari. I rise from death. I kill death and death kills me. I resuscitate the bodies I have created and, alive in death... I destroy myself. Although I carry poison in my head, the antidote can be found in my tail, which I bite with rage. Whoever bites me must first bite himself. Otherwise, if I bite him, death will bite him first in the head. Biting is a remedy against bites. I'm just kind of looking for his fish skeleton. We're doing a high school performance of a fish really, skeleton. Like, get dick. out of my hair. Get out of my hair, you fucking amateur, until you're ready to see some cocks. You get out of my store. Okay. 
Now, it was shit like this that caused police to later think that Bob Berdella was probably into some satanic shit. Nah. And this was only reinforced when they found a record on Bob's turntable by Mort Garson. <laughs> called, and Mort Garson's fucking great. All right. He's fantastic. Okay. I knew that he knew. I knew that Marcus knew who he was and had a catalog of his stuff. <laughs> you could tell because it's Sith. I'm just saying there was a reissue of his album Plantasia that was put out earlier this year, and it's fucking fantastic. It's the most synth name for an album ever. It's music for plants, and it's fantastic. Okay, wait a second. It's music for plants? Yeah, Plantasia. Great. Great. Honestly, sure. Good. Highly recommended. It's very good. It's better than binding and torturing six men in an attic (laughs) and killing them systematically, you know? Well, the record that Bob Berdella had was called Black Mass for Lucifer, and Black Mass for Lucifer is actually a super cool Moog album released in 1974. Let's listen to an example of Bob Berdella's music taste. Hold on, let me get my plant so I can really enjoy it. Oh, he just pulled his pubic hairs out of his life. (laughs) Oh, man. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, man, this is fucking the best Black Mass Lucifer fucking cut I've seen in a while, man. Fucking Mort's on a different level on this one, bro. You can hear the throne room in this one. What do you think, Ben? I think it's devastatingly horrible. <laughs> I, I really find this to be so nerve, like just damaging. I feel dumber somehow. Dumber. I, I just don't feel yeah. like this is not. Also, if I'm a plant, I'm stuck in the soil. Well, no, I'm just. This chilling. isn't the music for plants. This is Black Mass for Lucifer. Do you want to hear Plantasia? Sure. What's a Plantasia all song? All right. I'll put I'll put on Plantasia. Okay. It is a delight. This I like better. Yeah, I actually do like this. <laughs> I, I actually like the other one. No, I love the other one. I could definitely see myself fucking no. out of my mind on edibles <laughs> in a garden. Just talking to plants. Being yes. like, this one oh, I actually understand. Bro. I could also see licking a bloody knife and like looking into the mirror and being like, who am I? I get that. But the first one sounds like the Netherworld in Phantasm. It uh-huh. sounds like their favorite song. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, a, I picked a particularly uh, intense moment from that album to play. Okay. But yeah, this is Mark Garson. Go check him out, everybody. This is very nice. Yeah, I actually like that. I, I, yeah. Maybe I'm a plant Whoa. after all. Oh, when it came. Oh, did you hear this part where it got very. Oh, like Dooney. Oh, this is good. <laughs> I know. Ooh, this is good. I, I like this. It's amazing how one person can create both great music and then just making my eyes bleed sounds. <laughs> no, the That's whole... what's funny about sounds. Yeah. yeah. The whole album's fantastic, so yeah, go check out Plantasia by Mark Garson. How come plants get better music than we do? <laughs> we got to deal with Creed and Third Eye Blind. <laughs> those are just those are distinctly that is distinctly music for humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition to Black Mass for Lucifer, cops also found around twenty books on Satanism and witchcraft. 
Now, the cops were already all keyed up when it came to satanic crimes, because in early 1988, a kid had been killed in Carl Junction, Missouri, in a kind of, sort of, satanic ritual. Bleh. In that story, three teenage edgelords had beaten a fourth to death with hmm. baseball bats. Uh, they hmm. then tied the body to a 200-pound rock and dumped it in a well during a half-ass admitted satanic sacrifice. Okay. Not a single fucking dagger? You're going to call it a fucking half-ass admitted satanic sacrifice, you little twerps, <laughs> and not have a single dagger involved or incense? Yep. You're going to need it's a fucking- dagger. That's why it was half-ass. They just beat yeah. him. To de- they just beat this kid to death with baseball bats. Okay. Ah. Uh. And as such, people were taking all this Satan stuff seriously when it came to Bob Berdella. One of the investigators even wore a ring adorned with upward curled ram's horns to protect himself against Berdella's black magic powers. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> it is cute to even think that it's, it's nice, but technically that is pure Aries energy. Mm-hmm. But according to Bob, all of this stuff was just a nihil interest, and he never imagined he would ever be labeled a Satanist. Hmm. But even so, regular folk around Kansas City started saying they'd seen Bob at satanic rituals, holding court. Here's what one woman said she witnessed, as told to Geraldo in his Satanism expose. <laughs> this woman claims she met Verdella through her former husband, a high priest in a local satanic cult. We were at a meeting in the area, and he was up on the platform in a throne which symbolizes that that sacrifice at that particular meeting was for him, was done for him. So he was in an exalted position. He was a VIP. Yes, he was. What happened there at that ceremony? There was a young man killed, a young boy. He was 16 years old. Did you ever tell the police about any of this? No, I didn't. Why? People don't believe you when you talk about these things. People just do not believe these things happen. Well, lucky for you, ma'am, I'm Geraldo, and I will believe a whole bunch of horse shit if it helps my ratings. <laughs> Honestly, he fucking wishes. He wishes that all of that was real. Yeah. He was a curiosity collector. What do, th- what do you think they'll do when they cart all my belongings away after my reckoning has already begun? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to say all of this crazy shit about... You know, oh, he had all this whole series of things to help learn how to gape his butthole. And, <laughs> oh, he fucking had a collection of whips. Like, I'm not a normal citizen. I'm a normal citizen of America. Yeah, I think they're actually, it's going to be very underwhelming for you. It'll just be like, oh, this guy was a nerd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Bob Berdella did not need any help in inflating his body count, even though he did keep his murders to about one every summer after the close call with James Ferris. Mm. Never did it in the wintertime. It was always either a spring or summer thing. His next victim, killed in June of 1987, was Larry Pearson. Pearson was a 20-year-old out on probation for the aggravated robbery of a Domino's delivery driver. Oh, oh don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to say this. You never have to rob a Domino's. You don't have to rob a Domino's delivery driver. You just give him money, and he'll give you whatever pizza. He doesn't care who it belongs to. No. I'm not saying he... I guess that's me saying that he's robbing them for pizza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he was robbing them for money. If he just took yeah. the pizza. Yeah. yeah, that's my first thought, is that he was stealing the pizza. <laughs> like he's Michelangelo <laughs> from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and Parison had just been arrested again for standing on the side of the road and exposing himself to passing cars. 
You got cock. You got cock. You got some balls. You got cock. You got cock. <laughs> See him standing up there, <laughs> spinning a sign. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and of course, who was there to help with these legal troubles but Bob Berdella. Hmm. Pearson had met Berdella at Bob's Bazaar Bizarre in the spring of 1987, and Pearson connected with Bob over a shared interest in wizards and witchcraft. Oh. Well, eventually, Pearson moved in with Berdella, but after Pearson spent two weeks just lazing around the house, Berdella again got annoyed. Hmm. And when Pearson started bragging about rolling gay men, Berdella decided to kill him. One day in early August, Pearson complained that he wasn't feeling well, so Berdella gave him tranquilizers that he said were antibiotics and immediately afterward challenged Pearson to a shots contest with vodka and peppermint schnapps. It's a shot contest! Shot contest! Damn! Who can throw up first? (laughs) Can you imagine shooting peppermint schnapps? Uh, Oh, yeah, that's that's a shooter. No! That's high school. Yeah, That's high school shit. The guy's a 20-year-old dick flasher. <laughs> this might as well be in high school. You don't think he doesn't deserve a little pomp and circumstance? He doesn't deserve the good booze? No, I don't think he actually does, even though, and I love, I'm not victim. You're classist. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is probably fine for him. Well, I think uh, Berdella was not a big drinker. I think what yeah. Berdella was doing was he was doing the whole shot over the shoulder thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, not one. Oh, 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 this one's strong and like pours it like an inch from his lip. Going, oh, wow, you got me. But by 6.30 p.m., Pearson was passed out and Berdella injected him with four further shots of clip of chlorpromazine. Oh, yeah. I'm just getting to this stuff. <laughs> I know. No, I was just I'm looking at chlorpromazine. With- Cuyahoga Falls. <laughs> I have trouble with medicinal names. No, they don't make any sense. That's the whole point. <laughs> well, he injected him with four shots of that shit yeah. to make sure that he stayed passed out. Mm. But since Pearson was a bigger guy, Berdella didn't feel like taking him up the stairs. So instead, he drug him down the stairs to the basement. Okay. By 8 o'clock, Pearson's hands were linked to a chain wrapped around a brick column, and Berdella was injecting Drano into his neck. So he's, he's uh, following up with the Drano routine. Huh? It worked once. Okay. And Berdella hooked him up to the transformer and shocked him awake. So scary. God. This time, Berdella brought a mattress down to the basement for his own comfort. And in between the sodomies and the penicillin injections, Berdella used an iron bar to break the bones in Pearson's hands. Ooh. There's something about this that, like, Ugh. fucks with me almost more than anything else of just, like, just breaking a man's hands. Yeah. It reminds me of Unit 731, mm-hmm. that video yep. where they would put the, uh, they would dip them in ice water, put them outside in, like, five degree weather, mm-hmm. let it freeze, oh, yeah. and then shatter their hands. Well, that was a movie. I know, I know. It's a movie. <laughs> that was a movie. They, tried, they, they did try to do it. Do they it, did do it. They did absolutely no, do I it. Know. But, the, but what you're talking, what you saw I was... Know, a, <laughs> no, Marcus. Oh, you tell me that Ken Burns wasn't there filming everything that Unit 731 did? <laughs> Wait a second. So Luke Skywalker isn't real? I thought Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's not going to be president? <laughs> no, unfortunately, he turns... No, wait. Does he turn to the dark side? I have no idea. I don't even care. <laughs> Well, while Berdella was breaking Pearson's hands, he would taunt him concerning his interest in wizards and witchcraft, saying that while the wizards were all fantasy, this was reality, and he was going to have to deal with this 
as reality. Wizards are stupid, and elves are too skinny to be fun, and dwarves are ugly, and that's what you get. And now your hands are gone. What in the hell is going on? Where's your wizard now to save me? Oh, Gandalf, he's supposed to arrive on time all the time, huh? Oh, it appears Gandalf is late. Yeah. Well, Gandalf is never late. The wizard always (laughs) arrives on time. I say that on a regular basis. I know you say that on a regular basis. It does nothing to alleviate the anger. No, I know. (laughs) It's important to keep you mildly angry. It keeps you alive. Like my grandmother. So, after going to work at the flea market and coming back... Berdella shaved Pearson's hair because it kept getting tangled up in all the bindings. Oh, my God. This, along with the torture and malnutrition, gave Pearson the appearance of a concentration camp victim. That's mm. what he looked like in all the Polaroids that Bardella took oh, that's after right. about week one. So he's taking pictures the whole damn time. whole time, yeah. If you, They have a Ugh. fairly extensive, horrible collection of them on the, I believe, the Murderpedia Yes. Uh, site for Bob Burdella. They're yeah. fucking awful. Yeah, I, yeah, I would believe that, yeah. But in contrast to the others, Pearson decided to go full submissive with Bob Burdella. During one anal rape, Pearson said he was going to die. Not because he was actually dying, but because that's what he thought Burdella wanted. He was trying to please Bob Burdella in order to survive. And he was right. The yep. next day, Berdella gave him solid food for the first time, eggs and sausage. And since Berdella now trusted him, he allowed Pearson to give him oral sex while Ollie North testified in the Iron Contra hearings in the background. And I tell you what, this government corruption has to stop. <laughs> it has to stop. I could keep blowing me. This is just absolutely incredible. How are those eggs and sausages? Do you remember those? Do you remember how you love me? Do you love me? I got to change this channel. Ooh, wheel is on. <laughs> this is, oh, encyclopedia. <laughs> encyclopedia. That's the encyclopedia. <laughs> I mean, it's never just one word usually. It would be like Encyclopedia Britannica, Britannica. or something like that. <laughs> but um, Oliver North was a scapegoat. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say wow. about Oliver North. Is that your hot This is your hot take? This is your hot take? That's your fucking Fox News hot take? No, this is my Ben Kissel who appears on Fox News hot take. <laughs> And because Bob, quote-unquote, liked Pearson, Pearson got moved from the basement to the bedroom, and Bob led him upstairs with a dog collar and leash. And every time Berdella left the house, Pearson's arms and legs were tethered to the bedposts. Mm. Cops said when they found that bed, every single one of the bedposts were rubbed raw from guys trying to struggle against their ropes. And it had smoothed all the bedposts down. And they left them all up there, too. Like, he left the ties as he went. It's very, it's, again, the hoarder mentality that he has, it's about capturing memory. And that's why he he allowed himself to go so long in between kills, because Mm. he he would be fully ensconced in the erotic memory of it all mm. the time. Mm. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. 
Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow, I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. And for the next week or so, the two of them settled into like a routine with no torture at all. Here's how Berdella described it. I'd wake up in the morning, have sex with him, prepare breakfast for the both of us, feed him, tie him down while I went to work or ran my errands, and I might have ran. I got him back from work, came up and tied him, gave him a couple cigarettes to smoke. 
then I would usually just go up and spend the rest of the evening with him, unless I had some meetings or, or errands that I had to run. He would be very cooperative. He'd allow me to tie him back down. Just chilling, ma- maxing, relaxing, all cool. While the kids are just shooting <laughs> some b-ball outside of the school, just enjoying themselves. Damn. Well, in all, Pearson's terrifying ordeal with Bob Berdella lasted six weeks. Jeez. It all came to an end on August 5th when Pearson decided he'd had enough. Mm-hmm. During another session of oral sex, Pearson bit down hard and damn near yeah. ripped the head off Berdella's penis. From all that yeah, sausage dude. training. That's great. <laughs> Bite that dude, dick off. This is, and apparently it, it almost completely severed the head of his cock. It was hanging on by like a piece of skin. It like might Dan Aykroyd's well, nose. And <laughs> nothing but trouble. It might as well have been bitten off completely. Okay. Oh my God. Good for him. And Berdella just sat there like screaming at him like, but he wasn't screaming like, what? he was like, this is not the way to handle this. This is not the way. He was fussy about it. He was fussy yes. about getting his fucking penis getting oh, bit off. We had an arrangement. Yeah. We had an arrangement. We were supposed to watch te- Tears of Endearment tonight. <laughs> Terms of Endearment. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> but after Berdella kind of got over it a little bit, he beat Pearson with a stick until he was unconscious. Then Berdella went to the hospital and filed a police report that a man named Larry Person had bitten his penis during oral sex. Very clever. But <laughs> very real name. Yep. Yeah. But Berdella was declining to prosecute. He's oh, like, what yep, a hero. This, this is the man that did it, but I'm not going to prosecute. Bob spent two days at the hospital while Larry was just tied up in the bed back at his house, presumably in and out of consciousness from the blows to the skull. Because when Bob came back two days later, Pearson was alive, but unconscious. Mm. And Bob told them at the hospital, he's like, hey, I got to go let the dogs out. I'll be back. So he went home, put a plastic bag over Pearson's head and suffocated him to death. And that was the end of Pearson. Yep. But they said, one of the doctors said that with the surgery, with the reattachment of the head of the penis back to the penis, is actually, they think that from now on, he had no feeling. None. In any of that. So it's weird. So anything that happens after this, he's not even getting any physical pleasure necessarily out Mm. of it. Interesting. Bob then went back to the hospital for a couple more days, came home wearing a catheter, and dragged Mm. Pearson's body down to the basement. But because Berdella was so weak from almost losing his dick, it took a while. Yeah. He did things in small stages, opening up the stomach with a razor and taking out the innards in one trip mm. and cutting off the limbs in the next. And since he was weak, he relied on the chainsaw a little more than usual, which made things a lot messier. God. Can you imagine that, too? You got a fucking catheter attached to you. You're trying to drag this fucking body around. You got the chainsaw just shaking your whole body as you're doing it and the whole time you're just thinking this would be a lot easier if I still had a dick. (laughs) Good Lord. But instead of putting the whole body out with the garbage, Berdella kept the head and again put it in the freezer for about a week. After a week passed, he went out to his backyard, dug up the skull he'd buried a couple of years before and replaced it with Pearson's skull. Mm. Then, with the completely decomposed skull of Robert Sheldon in hand, I think his second or third victim, mm-hmm. Berdella removed all the teeth with pliers, save for one back left molar, and stored the teeth in two envelopes, one for upper, one for lower. Mm. 
And the thing was, there were still people coming in and out of Berdella's house in this time period, living with them. Not during the murder itself, but before and after. One guy named Hamp Reichler said he did odd jobs for Bob until Hamp refused sex and Bob stopped paying. Another, named DJ Blankenship, actually had a consensual sexual relationship with Bob Berdella in 1988, but moved out in February after Berdella surreptitiously injected him with drugs. Hmm. Because he didn't want a partner. He had this kind of fantasy. You remember we talked about in the last episode, said he was obsessed with the book The Collector. That's what he said was his inspiration. And the idea, I think, on some level, is that he loved total control, and he, in a way... He wanted he wanted it the hard way. He wanted to love the hard way. Mm-hmm. He wanted you to love him despite how much torture he's putting you through mm. because he believed he's so incredible and he's such a unique and special human being and that your relationship is so special and, and one of its kind that you would love him even though he's electrocuting you because he's slowly, he's teaching you. He's showing you what it's like to accept his love. He looks like an offensive lineman from the movie Unnecessary Roughness. Where does <laughs> yes. he even get it from? He's like if God was a person. Oh, yes. Weird. Love me even though your life is terrible. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, six months after DJ left, Bob Berdella would attempt to take his last victim. It was March of 1988 in Kansas City. This is for you, Ben. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They were hosting the NCAA basketball tournament. Woo. It was March Madness time, baby. March Madness! <laughs> I'm excited. We have to go to Las Vegas for March Madness this year, guys. Sure, if Texas Tech is in it again, I, I might. I'll fly with you. I'll drug you and take you. (laughs) Marcus, don't you want to see what it's like once they have no control? Uh, It's it's a good experiment. I can't. You can't do that after 35. (laughs) No, you can't take Molly and go to Coachella after 35. (laughs) But you can um, you can definitely gamble on young stud athletes doing things that you could never do, even when you were their age. And then you can also scream, I would have made that shot. And then you can do a whole do bunch that. of things. That's, I can do that. I'm not, not going to go to Vegas and lose control like Henry wants me to. No, you're going to yeah, not, not have control because who knows who's going to win the game. Oh, yeah. No, well, that's, I'll tell that's you what. Fine. I'll go with you, boys, but I'm going to a show because I actually really want to see Carrot Top. I want to see Carrot Top <laughs> and I want to see Penn and Teller. We're going to do it all, guys. Well, during March Madness, just to be cheeky, Berdella put four human skulls in the window of his shop. Guess what he labeled it? I would assume the team names. No, no. The final four? Yeah! yeah. yeah you got go. it, Kissel. Okay, you called it the you final You got four. it, buddy. Uh, you got it. it. Yeah. Okay, you cool. <laughs> you know, and you know what's funny? How many times you see these fucking, like, cute jokes or, like, and where my family is from, in where my family lives in Florida, there is a chiropractor that does all these, like, funny sayings. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. on his thing. You know, like, all those funny, and was kind of famous for it, and then he got busted for stealing money from his own company. Like, <laughs> for some reason, that's a thing that can happen. And it's always that. And somebody who's always super funny ends up being, like, a massive secret criminal for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't like I don't trust a chiropractor who's punny. Yeah, unbeknownst to everyone walking by the shop chuckling at that joke, the owner of Bob's Bizarre Bazaar had a 22-year-old named Christopher Bryson tied up in his bedroom back home mm. yeah. you know what the thing is if you ask a owner of a curiosity shop if he's got a 22 year old hustler tied up at home he's legally required to tell you the truth <laughs> i agree <laughs> now unlike all the rest of bob's victims christopher was a stranger 
Berdella had picked him up at 10th and McGee, which was Kansas City's number one hotspot for gay male sex work. Now, most of the guys there knew Berdella's reputation, but the newlywed Bryson had a pretty strong itch for cocaine that day. Jesus so Christ. he got into Bob's car, no questions asked. This is why I'm really glad, like, my main obsession is burritos. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where I'm so glad I'm not addicted to cocaine because you listen to this guy's testimony, the what the what he talks about in an interview after this, he's just been like, Yeah, so I'm not it's not I'm not gay or nothing. It's just that thing. Sometimes you need that rap. Sometimes you gotta get that rock and you gotta do whatever it takes to get that rock. And I, the first thing I look at Bob and I was like, Well he isn't that gay looking and, <laughs> and all of a sudden you can get into the car and you know and your your lips are doing the talking for your nose. And you're like sitting it's like holy God, it just gets yeah. like that the cocaine led to me to be inside of this hatchback. Yeah. Inside mm-hmm. of a man just staring me licking his lips like I'm a bucket of chicken. Good lord. Yeah, I mean, I guess the weirdest place my addiction ever ran me was I went to a weird guy's house in Staten Island so I could get a copy of uh, First Pressing a Raw Power, and no one knew I was there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the this hell that means. Mean, you but... definitely, definitely you could have been a victim of oh, yeah, <laughs> very, very quickly. Absolutely. But he had the original pressing of the Velvet Underground and Nico. He had the but the banana sticker album. You? No, he just showed it to me. But he did give me the raw power. What's raw power? It's the Stooges' third album. But oh, but did you purchase it or did he just give it to you? He just gave it to me. There was I could tell there what was happened? there was the nothing there happened. There was an insinuation. There was definitely an insinuation. But so I actually think su- you probably should have stroked it a little bit. <laughs> you didn't even touch his dick? No, of course I didn't touch his dick. Oh, power? that's a that's a of course wow. I didn't. T- <laughs> no, I'm not the type of person to trade sexual favors for a fucking record. Who well, do you people think I put am? Put a halo Obviously. on your head. What an angel. Wow. What an angel. What a perfect angel. Wow. Oh. 2020, the year of the saint. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, 2006, 2007. Oh, you could have touched his dick for definite. I'm certain that 2006 Marcus might have thought about it. No, not 2006 Marcus. No, I'm not going to trade sexual favors for records. You're not changing. You're not trading for the record. It's you're a tip. Just, you're just doing it. <laughs> you're just having fun with it. Well, he was an older man and not very attractive. Okay, well, now we get to the truth. Poor guy. He's just trying to pick up a young young scamp out here in the streets of Brooklyn. Next thing you know, he didn't even get his dick touched. He was very nice, though. I know this sweet independent record will get me a fly that will finally understand me. Oh, I guess that ghoul had to leave like all the rest of them did. <laughs> Well, once they got back to Bob's house, that would be Bob and Bryson, they started walking up the stairs. Bob picked up a hidden iron pipe and bashed Bryson's skull. Bryson landed face first on the stairs, and while he was lying there, Bob stuck a needle into Bryson's neck, and the dude passed out. Mm. When he woke up, his arms and legs were tied to the bedposts, a washcloth was stuffed in his mouth, and a dog collar was around his neck. Now, you notice this is way more aggressive than his previous victims. This is the yeah. closest he got, I would say, to a vaguely berserker mode where he's just go, going full on, like, I'm just going to surprise you with a pipe shot. Is very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just at the beginning that he was very aggressive. I think he was trying to get a little bit of anger out from, uh, you know, his penis getting bitten off and all that. Mm. Uh, And besides the usual sodomy and the breaking of hands with Bob's iron bar, Bob also tried blinding Bryson by swabbing his eyes with ammonia-soaked cotton. Because if he's blind, 
Bob has more control. Mm-hmm. As far as the electrocution went, Bob clamped electrodes to Bryson's testicles and took pictures of the electrocution. And again, Bob told his victim that if he cooperated, he would be treated well. He'd be bought cigarettes, or he'd be given solid food, or if he was really lucky, Bob he'd be would be given a Stooges record. <laughs> <laughs> no, close. Bob would rent a video on his way home from work. Hope you like Clue again. <laughs> Lucky for you. You ready? Press play. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. That movie Lily is Tomlin awesome. is a revelation. She Lily is. Lily Tomlin is a revelation in this. Revelation. <laughs> Lily Tomlin is a revelation in this. Stuff. Yes, she is. Dolly, Lily, Jane Fonda. But while Bob was telling him all this... He was showing Bryson post-mortem Polaroid pictures of the guys he'd already killed, telling him that these were men that were sex slaves that Bob had failed to, quote-unquote, collect. Bryson's only saving grace during his three days in Bob's captivity was that he wasn't even conscious for most of it, because Bob pretty well kept him knocked out. But even so, Bryson still got a daily shot of Drano to the neck to keep him from screaming. God. Now, it could be that Bob Berdella had gotten a little taste of domestic bliss with his last victim. Because even though Bob still did do awful fucking things to Bryson, he seemed to soften just a little bit. He once again tried settling into some semblance of a normal routine with Bryson. Even rented a double feature. Which one? Lost Boys and RoboCop. Honestly, oh, that's good. But RoboCop, when the guy gets his dick shot off, I can't that believe must have it. Been, you like, shoot somebody in the dick. Like that's a funny thing. Like that's a thing that should be in a movie. Damn. As such, Bryson became the only person to escape Bob Berdella. Three days into his captivity, Bryson was able to convince Bob to tie his hands in front of him rather than above his head because he said that was more comfortable. He said I can't get no circulation in my arms. My hands are above my head. So Bob acquiesced and tied him in front. As soon as Bob left the house, Bryson squirmed and wiggled until he finally got one hand loose, and once that first hand was loose, the rest was relatively simple, or at least as simple as it can be with two half-broken hands. Because Bob didn't break the hands completely. It was more like a... He wanted them half-broken. It was a very strange thing. I don't know. So they, It seems to be that he felt that it would be difficult for them to wiggle free. Mm-hmm. And it's something, I mean, this is all fucked up conjecture, but if you keep somebody in a constant amount of pain, you can make them very physically weak because your body's sort of dealing with the pain that you're in. You're in shock. You're, I imagine it's just, it's just it's, it's several ways. It also is a way for them to not be able to, like, grab at your dick when you're trying to, like, do stuff with them, like, grab at your face, do anything hard for you to punch, like, do all that kind of shit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it does work like that. I mean, I hate that I sounded like I read all this in a manual or I wrote a manual how to <laughs> right, do these things. Right. Well, Bob had been giving Bryson a cigarette every day before Bob left for work. And on that particular day, Bryson was able to distract Bob just enough where Bob left behind a book of matches. Using those matches, Bryson was able to slowly burn down the four ropes tied around his legs. Mm. And once he was free, he opened a window in the upstairs bedroom where he was being held. 
He then tried to hang down from the windowsill so he could drop down, but before he could get his bearings, the windowsill broke and Bryson fell, Mm. breaking his foot. But even so, Bryson was able to hobble down the street naked and wearing a dog collar, and eventually he was able to flag down a meter man from the water department, and the meter man very quickly called the cops. How scary is that moment? When you're trying to burn Ugh. these things, because he said what happened is that Bob Burdell used to keep a super loud TV going in the living room. So you can't tell if he's back in the house. You have no clue where the hell he is. So he's hearing this stuff, and he was he burned the ropes, but then he was incredibly afraid of touching the bed frame. Because he'd been zapped so many times that he had been, kind of developed this sort of this thought process that he had electrocuted the bed frame. And so then he's super afraid of it. And again, and he had no clue where the window was going, but he knew that the end the window is the only way out, which is he learned that from horror movies. And it's true. Even yeah. if you break your damn foot, get away from Michael. You just jump through the window. You got mm-hmm. to. After that, it was only a matter of time. Although the case damn near fell into the same pattern as the police goof him up. We saw halfway through Jeffrey Dahmer's reign of terror. Uh Oh, When Bryson's report about what Bob had done and said was passed on to Homicide, they assumed the whole thing was a, quote, homosexual lover's quarrel. Oh, yeah, that's totally normal. I mean, that's how (laughs) lover's quarrel, absolutely. It was just like when the fucking Milwaukee police returned Conorak synthosome foam uh, to fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. It's It's the exact same thing. It's like, well, this is the wacky shit they get up to, and I don't want to deal with this, so just give him back. Wacky. Oh, yeah. But thankfully, since Bryson was completely coherent, they had no choice but to investigate further. Ugh, Although, I guess we have to look into this. Oh, Ugh. yeah. Okay, were, I'll go put my short shorts on again. <laughs> oh, I also just shaved today. This is perfect undercover work for me. <laughs> um, you've been fired for six months. Do you want a Stooges CD? Because <laughs> I actually have an album here that's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Although the cops were highly disappointed that they were all going to miss the March Madness final between Kansas and Duke that year. Aww. It is it is so fucked up that that's their first, that was their whole being like, as soon as it became a real invest game, be like, I got to miss the game, and then I got to go to this place where there's this blood and cum everywhere. <laughs> ah, God damn it. <laughs> Now, Bob treated the officers with his normal haughty tone, telling them that he wouldn't say a word unless his lawyer was present. But thankfully, the house was fucking full of evidence. Mm-hmm. Besides all the torture implements and drugs, police pretty quickly found both the Polaroid photos under the mattress showing men both alive and dead and all of Bob's notes. And with the notes, Bob had kept newspaper clippings concerning his victims' disappearances and kept them all in a folder labeled... House guests. Isn't that fun? That Isn't that is fun? <laughs> guys, these guys are you so You gotta have lame. fun first. No one else can have fun. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Is it just pictures of Sinbad? <laughs> yeah. If you, that, it's amazing what Sinbad's relationship that family does for the entire family. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them grow and learn yep. because Sinbad's just so full of love and joy and he's so footloose and fancy free. You mm-hmm. just want to be like him. But of course, that wasn't all the evidence the cops found. When they searched the basement, they saw dried blood that looked like it dripped down from the ceiling and also saw a smudged footprint on the ceiling beam where Bob had hung a victim upside down. Jeez. They also found the chainsaw. Although it was overlooked at first... How? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How? It's the chainsaw! (laughs) One of the officers eventually gave it a closer examination and found that it was clogged with dried blood... Bits of human flesh and pubic hair. 
Because remember, Bob had had to use the chainsaw a lot more on Larry Pearson. Damn. Yep. And concerning disposal implements, they also found a circular saw, a black ceremonial dagger, three butcher knives, a hacksaw, and 14 saw blades. All had been used in the service of dismembering Bob's victims. And that was only a little bit of the nastiness that was in store for the cops who had to catalog Bob's belongings. The ones who spent the longest in the home developed what came to be known as the Burdella Cough. That's how fucking filthy this place was. They said it was like a little half hack that kind of just settled into your chest. And they had to rotate officers in and out because none of them could stand to spend more than like a few hours in there before they got the hack too. What did they get? Did they like sound like they they were at the World Trade Center? (laughs) What's going on? Well, it's like all those hoarder shows. Anytime the hoarders, anytime the 1-800-GOT-JUNK people go into the hoarder house, they all wear the masks. It's that same shit. But the kicker for Bob Berdella came when the skull of Robert Sheldon was found in his closet. And the skull of Larry Pearson was soon after dug up from Bob Berdella's backyard after neighbors testified to Bob's frequent night gardening. After that, Kansas City went a little nuts. Yeah? Yeah. With Kansas (laughs) 1? No, Kansas, I believe, lost. That was a Duke year, I think. That was a Duke year. Yeah, I think that yeah. was yeah. Duke Inside year. Bob Berdella's house <laughs> and in the Final Four. See, Bob had been a local character down at the flea market, and he participated in quite a few potlucks, both there and in his own neighborhood. Uh-oh. Remember, Bob's famous for that homemade chili. No, nope. mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't like this. I like this because it ain't got no beans in it. What, what's this? This is a bean? No, actually, that's... um. It's a kidney bean. I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Then pretty soon, rumors started circulating that anyone who'd eaten one of Bob's meals had also probably eaten one of Bob's victims. There's no no evidence. There's no proof that Bob put meat in, put human meat. Did he say that he did at all? He said he did not. He said he didn't. He said he absolutely did not. That's one of those things about Bob. Right, I don't like to necessarily take him for his word, but they you do watch his interview with him, and he does admit to many things. But a lot of stuff, he's like, when they ask him about the cannibalism, he's like, that is disgusting. <laughs> I can't believe that you'd say that about me, because number one, that was a moment of faith between us and the other fellow sellers at the flea markets, that we did a potluck, and everybody trusted each other to bring in something high quality, one, and also two, locally sourced. <laughs> And that's what I did. And yes, and I don't even mean that. Like, oh, you disgusting people. So this offended him, the idea. Oh, yes. Yeah. Then, to capitalize on the media sensation, a local classic rock radio DJ named Skid Roadie. Love it. (laughs) Wrote and produced a parody song. (laughs) Sung to the tune of Donovan's Mellow Yellow, Skid Roadie rewrote the song with the following lyrics. I'm just mad about torture. The police are mad about me. Hitchhikers wearing dog collars. I give them jolts of electricity. They call me Bobardella. They call me Bobardella. They call me Bobardella. Don't stick that in. And that is the predecessors of our entire show. Yeah, I mean, it was a golden age for radio. But they could just, you could do whatever you wanted back then. And Bob was extremely upset by all of this. Oh, he didn't like it. He hated it. 
Here's Bob himself talking about how incensed he was about a contest run by Skid's radio station, 101 The Fox, Kansas City's classic rock station. Oh. I had also been told when I first came into jail that the Fox radio station had run a promo giving prizes to their listeners if they showed up at the station in a dog collar and with a leash on the people here in the institution, the correctional officers, the caseworker, even the psychiatrist, were, I think, surprised to find out that that upset me. And it did upset you. Very much so. <laughs> if we could only, we need to get, he's the tipper gore of serial killers. He is just like, we need a parental advisory on these, on the Fox shows, and I don't like what they're saying about anyone. What, what, what's what's going to happen? His whole thing is it's like, because after this, he goes on to a, a spiel about how it's like, it's insensitive to the victims. It's insensitive <laughs> to everybody involved to, I mean, it's just to the, even the police officers, their wonderful work. What they um, did, when they found the way they process it was flawless, incredible. Everybody was incredible, fun. The food's been great. The coffee's a little, uh, I could use a little, kind of an Ethiopian bean, but. <laughs> uh, hey, Bob, Skid Rowdy over here. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you think it was insensitive to the victims when you put a carrot up their ass? Do we have the carrot sound effect? <laughs> Again, Kissel, do not make fun of this. This is the, this is the inspiration for our entire show. Oh, and I checked. Skid Rowdy's still on the air. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Hell he's yeah. drive time on the Fox 101.1. It's two for Tuesdays. Who's ready to get the let out? This is Skid Rowdy, Kansas have, City's only classic rock. If we would get the lead out of paint in schools the way that they get the lead out every single day on radio, our children would be a lot healthier. But eventually, Bob Berdella gave in to the inevitable, pled guilty to first-degree murder, and received a life sentence. Mm. But within about a year, maybe a little more, Bob Berdella was dead from a heart attack at the age of 43 because the prison guards had allegedly withheld his heart medication. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. It does, it does seem that they, they didn't take his cries of I have chest pains very seriously. No. But I don't know why, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. It's weird. I I don't. I just don't care. No, no, not really. No, yeah, it is weird that I just don't care that he's fucking dead. I'm glad he's fucking dead. I I actually feel like he got off way easy because he he did. He should have had forty. Although maybe because of his intense, intense love of of disgusting things, he may have liked prison. He was fine with it. He was okay. He was probably cleaner than his damn house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was okay with it. I'm not super comfortable with COs taking life in their own hands, though. No, I'm not. No, I know. (laughs) I know. Well, today, Bob Berdella's former home is an empty lot. Following the sale of his estate, the house was bulldozed, and the neighbors on either side were given half the lot each. Thank you for giving me this. Um, Good. I checked it out on Google Street View. One of them built a fucking garage on top of their half. Honestly, that's where you want it. I don't think I would take it. I I would at least. At least it's the garage. You're gonna put the nursery on that side. Well, the estate itself, all of Bob's shit. Like his house was full of shit, full of all these curiosities. You know, Bob's bizarre, bizarre, and all that. 
It was all bought by an eccentric local millionaire named Delbert Dunmire. Why are they always named like like really bad comic strip characters? <laughs> Cost about $60,000. Okay. Yeah. Damn. But since Delbert died in 2016 and his children are currently fighting over his estate, we may never see Bob's Bizarre Bazaar ever again. Wow. And that's Bob Berdella. Bob Berdella. What an insane, insane story. Woof. God. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it really it is. is. I'm never it's gonna one think of those. vegetables the same way ever again. Yeah. I will say, especially after the first episode, like, you know what really friggin' like messed me up this year was the Mangala episodes. Mangala! Yeah. Absolutely. Those things yeah. really fuck with my standards. Of what is the most fucked up thing you can do. Yeah. And so then you get lost and you have to get a recheck after, like, especially after last episode. And then I was like, oh, yeah, wow. This is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty bad. It was very bad. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. And uh, thank you all. We all hope you had a wonderful holiday. We hope your new year has been off to a good start thus far. Let's hope so. And we are super excited to see you all in April. Make sure you get those tickets. And uh, yeah, our book tour, we're just thrilled to go and see you all again. Go to lastpodcastontheleft.com to see all of the tour dates. We're doing 19 cities in 30 days in April. And most likely, if you live in America, we're going to be coming to a city at the very least near you. Near you. Yes. Yeah, dude. Come and see our bullshit. It's going to be a great fucking show. show. Brand new show. And it's going to be true crime specific. True crime. Yes. True crime. We're going to be a lot of serial killer shit. We're going to be hawking the book. We can't wait to strut and fret upon stage. Come and join us. We're going to have so much fun. Honestly, in, in New York, it's such a big deal for us to be performing at the Beacon Theater. I, I, I can't believe that we're there. <laughs> I, I, I didn't come out know. and support us. As soon as that was announced, I got like a bunch of texts from people being like, congratulations. I didn't quite realize. Oh, you didn't realize that this is a huge fucking deal? I knew. <laughs> I know, honestly, I refuse to realize things are big deals because then when everything falls apart, it'll be much more disappointing. Right, right. Um, it's, yes. a, it's a safety mechanism that I have in my head. I understand. Um, no, it helps. We're very, very excited. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's a fucking, it's a dream come true. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. So keep on supporting all the shows on LPN. Uh, what else do we got? What else do we, we? What else do we want to tell these wonderful listeners of ours? Next week we're gonna have a rela- next week we're gonna have a relaxed fit episode, and I think you're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna uh-huh. be fun, a special yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Check out. Uh, we got Whizbrew and Paid Seven are having live shows very soon. Next week we got Chicago January 9th. We got Pontiac Michigan January 10th, and we mm-hmm. got Milwaukee January 11th. Come and fucking check them out. If you're in the Midwest, their their show is really good. It's super fun. Go out and support. Support their fucking asses. It's great. And also, support me. If you're in Atlanta, I'll be doing Dad's Garage, January 10th and 11th, doing improv. Make them ups. Make sure to bring Henry's homemade chili (laughs) when you go to Dad's Garage. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and so go see Jackie Zabrowski out there. She is going to be a wonderful performer. Natalie Jean, Holden McSqueely, Holden McNeely, and Jake Young. They will have a great show for you. It'll be great. Go out and check it out. Absolutely. Um, All right, everyone. We are excited for the new year. We're excited to be with you. Bigger and better things hopefully happening for all of us in the future. Let's hope so. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Again. Magustalations. Hail me. Hey, for y'all, Hey, and again, you know it's 2020. It's a new year. Let the boy go. Let the boy go. Let everyone go. 
Let yeah. everyone go. Anyone. Let, if it, let if, the boy go. If Open you have your door a bunny, and let your dog out. Let the bunny go. Well, it depends, because sometimes bunnies like carrots. Yeah. Oh, no, now I can't even think about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's 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 I was just saying it's hard to get a carrot in the wild, <laughs> but now our carrots are ruined, cucumbers are gone. I'm supposed to be losing weight this year, and now I can't even think of vegetables. Oh, you'll be fine. All right. You'll love it. I did th- oh, this is a fun excuse for you now. No, it's you not. Watch <laughs> video, no, I mean, you watch a video. Honestly, it would have been good if it was a hey. pepperoni, though, because then it'd be like, I'm not going to eat that. No, man, you flip it now, and you go watch a couple of videos of women putting things up in their vaginas, and you're gonna want to you're gonna want to eat what they go up there. You'll be great. Okay. Goodbye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.